The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Hosea says, 4-6, a nation perishes for lack of knowledge. We're the most informed people, having ready access at our hands, information instantaneously, and we're probably the least wisest of many of the civilizations that have walked the earth. Because to be wise, to have wisdom, that has to be a common thread of sense, a sense of what is common, common sense. That's why our lady said, speaking of the Word, and who is the Word? Her Son. The Word is the light of salvation. What Word? The Word, which is Jesus Christ, the light of salvation, which is common sense, she says. Quoting her, Our Lady, the Word is the light of salvation and common sense. And so Hosea is saying, nations perish for lack of knowledge. We're there. We don't even see what's happening. In Jeremiah, it talks about 
when God overturned Sodom and Gomorrah and all their neighbors, saying, no man shall dwell there, no man shall tarry there. And where are we today? We have enemies to Christianity. Something happened incredible on June 16th, 2014. The first time in 1,600 years there was no mass in Mosul, Iraq. Ancient civilization of Christianity, those Christians from the very beginning are being driven away. Seems impossible. Seems incredible. It seems incredible that we'd be complicit with this all the way to our president allowing these things to happen when there's the ability to stop it. But we don't because there's enemies to Christianity. Representative Frank Wolf, Virginia Republican, was in Congress on the floor Tuesday, July 22nd, 14. He gave a stirring account of what's taking place in Mosul and that we're not doing anything about it and we have the ability to do something. The clip we're about to play shows his impassioned plea of what's taking place right before our eyes and not a Christian's lifting a hand and the enemies to Christianity are relishing it. I believe that what is happening to the Christian community in Iraq is genocide. I also believe it is, quote, a crime against humanity. Last Thursday, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, more commonly referred to ISID, gave the few remaining Christians of Mosul until Saturday to leave or be killed. From the New York Times, it said, quote, some went on foot, their car having been confiscated. Others rode bicycles or motor scooters. Few were able to take anything of value as militants seized their money and jewelry. Some, just a few, because they were not healthy enough to flee, submitted to the demands that they convert to Islam to avoid being killed. End of quote. ISIS systematically targeting Christians and other religious minorities in Iraq for extinction. I want to submit for the record the complete article from the New York Times and an editorial today from the Wall Street Journal for history to see what is happening. With the exception of Israel, the Bible contains more references to the cities, regions, and nations of ancient Iraq than any other country. The patriarch Abraham came from the city in Iraq called Ur. Isaac's bride, Rebecca, came from northwest Iraq. Jacob spent 20 years in Iraq, and his sons the 12 tribes of Israel were born in northwest Iraq. A remarkable spiritual revival is told in the book of Jonah occurred in Nineveh. The events of the book of Esther took place in Iraq as did accounts of Daniel in the lion's den. Monday's New York Times piece also quotes a Muslim woman at a prayer service at a church in Baghdad on Sunday whispering to a Christian woman sitting in the pew next to her, quote, you are the true original people here. We are so sorry for what has been done to you in the name of Islam, end of quote. On June 16th, for the first time in 1,600 years, there was no mass said in Mosul. Pope Francis on Sunday expressed concern about folding in Mosul and other parts of the Middle East, noting that these communities since the beginning of Christianity have, quote, coexisted there alongside their fellow citizens, making a significant contribution to the good of society. Today, they are persecuted, the Pope said. Our brothers are persecuted. They are cast out. They are forced to leave their homes without having the chance to take anything with them, end of quote. 
The United Nations released a statement attributed to Ban Ki-moon in part that said, quote, the Secretary General reiterates that any systematic attack on the civilian population or segments of the civilian population because of the ethnic background, religious beliefs, or faith may constitute a crime against humanity for which those responsible must be held accountable, end of quote. Where is the Obama administration? In June, 55 members of Congress, Republican, Democrat, urged the Obama administration to actively engage with the Iraqi central government and the Kurdistan regional government to prioritize additional security support for especially vulnerable populations, notably the Iraq's ancient Christian community, and provide emergency assistance humanitarian to these communities. I want to read the last lines of our letter. Quote, absent immediate action, we will most certainly witness the annihilation of an ancient faith community from the lands they inhabited for centuries. It is happening, Mr. Speaker. They're almost all gone, just as we predicted. The Obama administration has to make protecting this ancient community a priority. It needs to encourage the Kurds to do what they can to protect those fleeing ISA and provide safe refuge. It needs to ensure that the resources going to the region, a portion be guaranteed to help the Christian community. It needs to have the same courage as President Bush and former Secretary of State Colin Powell when they said genocide was taking place in Darfur. The United Nations has a role, too. It should immediately initiate proceedings in the international court against ISIS for crimes against humanity. The time to act is now. I wanted to just read a section from Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping in light of this information that's come just the last few days. And you wrote in Look What Happened, you wrote this book, I think, in 2007, so eight years ago. You said, Iraq had a ruthless dictator, a minor antichrist figure compared to the one who will come, but wickedly evil in the same characteristics. He killed, gassed, tortured, and imprisoned hundreds of thousands of his own people. He massacred and buried in mass graves tens of thousands of others. This is just to name a few of his crimes. Scripture states that a glass of cold water given to a stranger will not go without its reward. How much more would be given for removing a monster that stood against all human dignity? It's that simple. Case closed. We did the godly thing. All other voices and arguments against what we did and are doing are designed to create diversion issues to draw our attention away from the godly virtue of rescuing a people from a great evil and the good that will result from this in the future, even if by appearance in the present the issue of Iraq seems disheartening. Christians are not reading the Bible. They are reading the newspapers and listening to the news, which is not only devoid of wisdom, but glories in vice, lewdness, and scandal, the opposite of godly virtue. It is the godless media that have convinced Christians that we had no business going to Iraq. The gospel of Jesus Christ is flowing into Iraq. Can no one gather enough wisdom to see God's plan? Satan vehemently hates that we are in that nation. Why? The prince of darkness, Satan, knows a domino effect of spreading Christianity in the Middle East is in the equation of probabilities. Darkness senses a quake and is in fear at what is unfolding. So I'd like you to just address that which you wrote seven years ago and this now scenario of seemingly Christianity is being forced out of Iraq. And do you still believe in those words? Well, Iraq's ancient 
history of, of what Representative Wolf said, so biblical, so filled with richness, early Christian communities. And here it is, we have the opportunity to come in like Christopher Columbus did. And there were savages on this in the nation of the United States. And yes, they were called savages because they lived like savages. There were some peaceful Indians. But we don't have to be politically correct. We just need to tell the history of what, what was happening. And Christopher Columbus wrote in his diary, he was driven to come to find this land by the Holy Spirit. And the wind assisted him in that. And he says, I'll come in the wind. And he came right after that, the Guadalupe, Guadalupe appeared. She tells us in Medjugorje, she comes in the wind. Nobody can see things in a spiritual way. That sometimes God would take an indigenous people to have them overruled and conquered even to bring Christianity to them. A national anthem was written as a result of the shores of Tripoli, the battle that, that was a maritime, a maritime battle by the United States, a great victory that overwhelmed the Islams, or the barbarians at that time, as they called them. So Star Spangled Banner is a result of that glorious victory. And yet, we sit there and don't want to acknowledge that. And we go into Iraq and we order our troops to burn their Bibles. And we order them not to burn the Quran. Not that we were there to burn the Quran. We're not, we're not advocating that. We're just advocating what, let's put the Christian brakes on. When we're commanded by our Lord to go to the ends of the earth and witness. The best thing that brings stability to the world is Christianity. Nothing can bring and nothing and nobody has flourished as a people, be it Muslims, be it the Jewish, be it non-believers. None have more prosperity of their freedom to act in their conscience as they have under Christianity. Parliament Jews say this today. Margaret Levine would say the same thing. He was written many books. And yet we don't see this. Or we don't acknowledge it. We see it. We just go along because we, as Isaiah says, a nation perishes for the lack of knowledge. We don't have any knowledge of really what's going on, what's happening. For three years, three solid years, we watch all our gains in Iraq be eroded where ISIS comes in and a three-year request by not only the Iraq government, but we've requested for drone strikes. Our own people in the Congress have requested Obama for this. And recently there was a big confrontation about this, saying when they were confronted with this, that look what you let happen, and all these cities being swept away by ISIS, these terrorists, and what's happened as a result? They responded, well, we have an active, we're active in the request. What do you do when things on the ground start happening after you've asked for three years for that to take place? Doesn't that tell you something? Obama's been actively looking at this where ISIS just sweeps through three years, increases all the evidence. He has germ capability to wipe out these camps of terrorists as they were building camp after camp. Why did Obama not do this? You have to understand Obama is the enemy to the Christian He is his biggest foe now in this country. Oh, there's powers behind him. Obama reverses God's law for marriage. 
He reverses the laws of conscientious objection. He, Obama's militarizing our, our law enforcement. Obama's government agencies, postal, EPA, TSA, and many others. His departments, he's making them as law enforcement agencies now. Obama, if you're a Christian, is your enemy. We're commanded by Jesus Christ to pray for our enemy. We're not commanded not to recognize our enemy. We must realize that we're up with one of the greatest foes we've ever had. We don't even understand what it means to go to war anymore. George Rargo wrote an article back last winter that talked about that Just War is uh, writing about a book of a, that was out. The going on causes of war is something just as evil, on the other hand, when we permit it. We've lost what it means to sit there and look at the evil. And when we let it happen, we're not necessarily innocent against that. We have a real virus in the church of wishful thinking. Christians wishful thinking think that images of somebody like Saddam Hussein or the solutions to stop this is what Obama just said to the Ukraine. Let's get a, after the Malaysian shot down, he, he comes up with the, the thing, okay, we're against this, this shouldn't happen, we have to do our, our tactics against that and whatever we're going to take it at the moment. But at the same time, we want to dialogue it. Remember, it was Obama who said on the microphone to the Russian official when he thought it was off that after the election, I have more flexibility. This guy's an enemy to this country. He thinks it's arrogant. He sees it's got to be brought down, and he's doing it. We have to realize that an effective threat has to be met with effective force. We've lost this whole thing that we're not proportionate to the armed forces with those who attack us or those who do what they did with Malaysian flight just recently. This bad idea is completely against the Gospels, this pacifist idea we have. The United Bishops Conference, what, what are they doing about right now? What, what are we doing? We're all on the wrong issues. We don't even see clarity. That's why ladies coming back. There's something wrong, very wrong. The moral authority to rage war today isn't even recognized, except that we have to go to the United Nations for it. If they're the one alone, then unless they say so, we can't do it. Unless we go by international law, we can't do it. Forget all this stuff. There's a moral reasoning of just war. It's not just the last resort. Sometimes it's the first thing you do to make the considerations of the enemy to realize, hey, we better consider that power and the might. That prevents war. We're replaying exactly what we did with Chamberlain in World War II with Hitler. Appeasement. Go back. Three years we've had the opportunity, and we're letting the oldest Christian community in Iraq be driven from its land. How's God see that? Oh, you're being Christian. You're being pacifist. You're, you're, you're avoiding war at all costs. No, there's a sin of omission, just as there is commission. And it's just as guilty, and both way, the same way in judgment of us not acting morally, and we're living up to our responsibilities. The Ukraine yesterday had two fighter jets 20 miles away from Malaysia's shot-down jet shot out of the sky. We know what's going on in Ukraine. We know what Russia's doing. Obama's admitted that. The Ukraine has repeatedly requested for electronic devices to jam these missiles that would have, if given, not 
allowed the Malaysian uh, plane to be shot down. What's Obama doing? Why is he doing it? It's he who said, quote, after the election, I have more flexibility. That was over the missiles in Europe being removed. What is his agenda? What's his go? What's his plan? And Jeremiah says, roam the streets of Jerusalem, look about and observe, search through the public places to find even one who lives uprighteously and who seeks to be faithful. And I will pardon her heart. Though they say, as the Lord lives, they swear falsely. We've grown to be a dishonest people. We live dishonest Christianity. We think we live it, and we don't. And so all this is our fault. Obama's placed there. He's allowed to be there. He's an evil, as the rod of the Syrians were over Israel when they sinned. We've caused all this because you look at this almost in wonderment. It's an amazing thing to see this could be easily, so easily stopped, and it's not. The Israelites, when they were often at the most powerful, were stricken and struck down by that which wasn't powerful against them when they went into battle. And Israel, often, when it was its weakest, overwhelmed, God fought the battles for them. We're not in God fight our battles because we're not living holiness. We have to separate. We have to get away from the culture as it is. We have to look at everything that's set up and the way it's been built is not of God. And sooner we do that, the sooner God can start fighting our battles for us. We're going to legislate our stuff out of this, out of the economy, out of the situation of this military stuff, all these things. We've got the weapons. We've got the technology. We've got the power. We've got the might. And we can't do it. What does that tell you? We're in a judgment from God. He's allowing it not to happen. And justly so. Jeremiah just quoted, says, I'll pardon him. Just find me one. I'll pardon him. And that's what a lady's here for. That's why she's able to come every day because she got three yesterday or she got 10 yesterday or 200 yesterday. You keep finding them and I'll keep preserving them. Not, not from the system, but I'll let you keep saving. And so we're in the middle of something so grand, so beyond what we can understand that if you don't have knowledge of it, or rather, if those who do not gain the knowledge of the message the nation, or that part of the nation, will perish. doesn't mean the innocent won't die with the guilty. That's always a price. Jesus came along. He was not in it. He was, he was completely with innocence. And the other, the other babies there perished with them when they tried to kill Jesus. So you always have that. That's the price of redemption. That's the cost of salvation. Jesus was innocent, and he was killed for it. Nothing's changed. Take joy when you've been given to suffering, you've been given measure of mine. This is part of the walk. The difference is he strikes the scriptures relay instantly when he comes for his retribution. And us, over the long term, to give us time to purify ourselves, gives us time to, to, to be in the foxholes of Normandy and recognize in our unbelief that God does exist. He is active. He can preserve but we don't observe him. We don't recognize him. He's not our God, except in second place, is the church. 
The church has got this virus. It makes me sick about hearing about all the stuff against the death penalty, all the stuff against against war, all these things that's so stupid that I, I wonder where those in the church, where the minds are. They have no wisdom. We've lost wisdom. And so it is writing this in 2008, to our, uh, yeah, 2008, I think, when we released Look What Happened While You're Sleeping. This was foreseen. And no, we don't need to be going on people that will never re- be able to go into countries that you'll never be able to civilize them. Unless you plan to go in there and change their mentality. Metanoia's conversion. Conversion, metanoia means to change the mentality. So if we're not going in there to spread the gospel, and change them, then forget going in there. And that was an opportunity that's failed and has passed. We can't do that. We can't proselytize. We're not proselytizing. We're civilizing. We're bringing people back to principles that only through Jesus Christ, that he says, will you have peace. Only through Christ, only through my son, will you have peace. And we think we've got to go in timid. We've got to sit up there and we've got to build them off. we encourage that. I'm not saying knock them down or bomb them. I'm saying that we've got a right to spread the Christian belief. But we've lost that right right because we don't live it. And until we start living it, we can't spread it. And so we're going to live it. And we're going to live it under the guillotine. That might mean financially losing everything. That might mean none of things not going your way. You losing and losing and losing until you realize the only thing you got is Christ. The only answer to the world's solution today is brought by the Virgin Mary every Christmas for 33 years. He is your peace. Reconcile. Not with man first. Reconcile first with God. But when you reconcile with man, you're reconciling with God. Frank? You, you do look at this with wonderment, and it, it, it's shocking, but the Christians should see it as, as a chastisement to have the Obama administration do this for Obama to be so anti-Christian. We have to, it's a, it's clearly a judgment against this nation, but when you see what our lady's done from the beginning, what she's saying in her messages right now, what she's saying to us by having us read Matthew every Thursday, she has hope for this nation and she has hope that we'll see these signs and we'll turn back to God. And so uh, there's been another uh, manifestation in our lives about Sunday because that's the most important thing that we should do in this nation is return to our Sabbaths and and show God that it is him that we want and it is him that we choose. Um, you've been too busy. I've tried to get a hold of you and, and, uh, and tell you this, but I signed a lease yesterday on a pizzeria that I just asked God to open the doors and our lady to, if this was of, of God, just to have the doors fly open. And, uh, I, I have a pizzeria for less than it would cost me to run an apartment. And, uh, it, it's just, it, it is clearly of God. It's the same square footage of the, the pizzeria that I had that I closed for Sundays for those that may be, uh, new to this program, but, uh, the manifestations of God to, turn away from a business that bought and sold on Sundays have been a blessing that's been very hard to contain. 
and it and it and God does not stop testifying to look what happened while you're sleeping, what is written in this book in in regards to Sunday, and there there has been manifestation after manifestation, but this week is is a, a very exciting for us because um, it's a it, it, it's a gift from God. You clearly know it's what He wants you to do, so. Um, so it's just very exciting, but it's it's also a testimony that uh, we should see it as a grave sin to uh, buy or sell on Sunday, or to um, to not repent for the, for the for what we've done. We've turned away from God. This is a chastisement and and uh, a warning to Christians that this is what we deserve. This Obama administration is what we deserve, and. We have to turn away from the way that we've been living and be a witness. Well, you know, you uh, I know you've gone to two or three businesses you looked at, and even a restaurant you did open and wasn't satisfied with that. And uh, you end up where you started from. And uh, Judge War Moore was, of course, on the Alabama Supreme Court, stood up for the Ten Commandments, was removed because of it, impeached illicitly for that, ran for governor, lost, ran for governor again, lost, tried to do some other things and didn't work out. Signed to run back for the Supreme Court justice, and he got it. So you got your pizza beginning, and that's how you built your 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 life, and now you got pizza again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's what uh, Monahan said. That he asked him why he's successful. He said, "I deliver pizza." Judge War Moore is supposed to be on the Supreme Court justice in in uh, Alabama Supreme Court, and he's back there again after being impeached from it. So God brought him all around. God, if you follow, if you're listening, he'll close doors to get you to the door he wants you to open. But you got to be moving. You can't just sit still. You may be out base, but as long as you're moving, God will God will do that. And this is what Mishnomics is about. Start making steps to move out of the position that the judgment against things in the system as it exists, you're as far away from it as possible. If you don't do that, you're going to be with it. And you're going to keep losing and losing and losing. And so... We pray for them. We're to love our enemies. The worst thing Yako said is somebody to go to hell for what they do, that you don't want that to happen to your worst enemy. We want the best for him. But at the same time, we're not. This Christian leadership of the West is functionally, dysfunctionally pacifist, both in our belief, both in our principles, even going to war, whatever we have to do. Uh, the president has enough power to stop so many things today, instantly. The fact that he doesn't, gives you education and experience of knowing your enemy and what he's doing. He wants this country destroyed. There's no other explanation for it. As long as he can do what he's doing. I was just told he's going on a 16-day vacation. I can't even remember having a 16-day vacation even when I was in business, even when I had the, the means to do everything I needed to do. Where in the world do you get that? Especially the more important your job is, or you're a CEO, or you just you run a pizza real, you're gonna take off for sixteen days a week after you start that, Frank? This no. guy's <laughs> he's going to Martha's Vineyard for sixteen days. But there yeah. again and and I've already read where he wakes up, comes in late, sleeps in, uh, goes to play basketball in the afternoon, plays golf. Constantly. Th- this is the leaders we got leading our nation. Freeloaders. And we've got that because of our sins. So we really got to blame ourselves for this. And the only way we're going to do it is that we be active. We're no longer pacifist. We're ready to jump on what we have to do. We'll stand against injustice. To my social justice, I don't hear anything coming from the church about, you know, yes, the Pope says something. But we got activity and committees and everything on social justice. And this June 16th exodus 
in Mosul is one of the gravest injustices there are. And are we going to get a little letter on it? Are we going to get a little thing? Uh, you got bishops over people that are leaders in Congress and representatives that you can call them in on the court. You're Catholic. I want you to come in. I need to talk to you. I'll come to your office. You got Roberts, the Supreme Court Justice, who's Catholic, who excommunicated himself by his vote for health care, forcing us to pay for abortions. I haven't heard one bishop stand up and say that. That he's ex- automatically excommunicated, and we, we at the United States Bishop Conference, especially his local bishop, who Robert Sunders, should sit there and say, we will officialize this. We're going to recognize what he's done. Where is the courage? And he says, I'm, I, I was always courage. Not sometimes. I was always courageous and humble. It's not humble. And in fact, it's unhumble not to call down Roberts. Where is this? Am I challenging bishops? Yes, I am. Stand up. We want to get behind you. We're ready to march. We're ready to do whatever. And I don't mean march like the riots or even the civil rights. I mean march for the principle we stand on. It. We will not comply. Y'all said that. The bishops did. Then act on it. We want it. We're starving in the pews for this. If you stand up, one bishop stands up, you'll see a horde of Catholics coming behind him and Christians. John Paul wasn't a sissy. He stood up. Ronald Reagan, first meeting Mikhail Gorbachev, the first thing he says you quit dropping bombs and toys on kids. His associates next to him, Reagan, melted. They couldn't believe this is not the way to start off diplomatic relations and start a dialogue. Stand up, please, bishops. We're begging you. Go to the Supreme Court. You got five Catholics on there. Before these five Catholics there, two in the whole 200 years of history have sit there. And now we got five Catholics. All of them can be called in. And of the four, I think, they all contributed to this excommunication, of their own excommunication. Where is it? We're not asking for something mean. We're asking just following what you impose on us as the good Catholics. We're restricted. We have problems with caritas and what we do. And we're just doing what God's showing us to do. We never committed heresy. We're not going to be disobedient to the church or the hierarchy where they have jurisdiction. And you got this blatant vote recorded. Roberts is 100% responsible for this. He could have been the one that stopped it, and he didn't do it. And I've not heard one thing from the bishops condemning this man, his actions. Not one thing. When when are we going to hear from this? Wake up. Because if you don't, and I'm talking to the hierarchy of the church that's got this this virus in it, and and it's pacifist, of actions and not do anything. That if you don't wake up, one more you'll do what they did in France, wake up to the guillotine. It's coming. You're going to be the first to go. We'll be second. We're just lay people. But heavy is a responsibility. And and I'm not saying anything that the Pope hasn't said himself. He just says, bother your pastors. He said, in other words, he really challenged them. We challenge you to do what the church says to do. Act on it. Forget the curtain of power that surrounds you. Forget all these things that come to you and, and give you all this advice. Read yourself in real time what you need to read and make up your decisions. You won't be making the decisions you're making all these committees bring to you because they're running things. Shockingly, they're running things. We go from mankind to humankind to from brothers to brothers and sisters, and now we reverse it to sisters and brothers. Do you realize what PCs invaded your thought by doing that? 
It's an agenda. We're falling for it. Enough said. We pray for our shepherds. We respect them. We love the church. We're obedient to the church. But wake up, church, before it's too late. Frank, last comments? Yeah, if ever there was a sign on the wall to to abandon the system, the system's clearly under judgment. So um, you, they can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Well, we want to tell you tomorrow that we will be receiving a message from heaven. Words that the Virgin Mary has said are conveyed from God. And if we're right in the church, this wouldn't be happening. The fact that we're not, we're given a straight direction, straight from God's throne. Just like the last book in the Revelation says, clear as crystal, medicines for the nations, given once each month, 12 times a year. And so it is. One of those 12 months is tomorrow, July 25th, and it's medicine to heal the world. Those words should be looked forward to, prayed for, and be meditated on in advance for the coming. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.